Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Welcome, listeners. We're so happy that you've joined us today, which is March 21st, 2018. I'm very happy to present to you today a wonderful guest. Her name is Andrea Lieberstein, and she's the author of a best-selling book called Well-Nourished Mindful Practices to Heal Your Relationship to Food, Feed Your Whole Self, and End Overeating. So we're going to be covering her book in detail today. I wanted to give you a little background on Andrea. She's a mindfulness and mindful eating expert. She's a speaker, and she's a registered dietitian, nutritionist. She's a meditation teacher. She's a trainer and a champion for leading a well-nourished life. So let's bring her on to our show now. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you, Denise. Happy to be here today. I always like to start my show out by asking, how did you get on the path that you're on today? It's always something that's that's very interesting for our listeners to hear about. Yeah, so really how I got on my path started back in high school and college when I I became interested in in that whole idea of what is a well-nourished life and an optimal life and both mind, body, and spirit. And um, I was interested in nutrition and also meditation um, all the way back then <laughs> when it wasn't as mainstream as it is now, you know, in healthcare and and uh, businesses and schools, some schools, uh, some, there's some wonderful programs mm-hmm. out there now with that. Um, and so that that personal interest and in seeing how practices such as yoga and meditation and uh, and eating well really contributed to my life in a big way, uh, how how much better I felt, and so I uh, so started my path in in learning about uh, nutrition and. And public health. I actually have a degree in public health nutrition, and then moved into uh, going into public health school and having a very wonderful job at Kaiser Permanente for many years. Great career of over 20 years, helping to bring in mind-body programs 
and mindfulness programs. I was trained in John Kabat-Zinn's Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program. Your listeners, many may have heard about him. You've probably had someone come in and talk about (laughs) BSR. In 1993, I was trained in his first nine-day program for teachers, and I brought back that program to Kaiser and helped to to uh, get that program implemented in many different facilities in Northern California. And just over the years, I, I had a really uh, very rich career in helping to bring in, be that bridge. Cause I was personally practicing, you know, all of these things, the mind-body approaches, med- uh, meditation, when it wasn't yet mainstream in so many medical centers. So just helping to be that bridge and, and bringing in these programs, evaluating them, training others how to implement these programs. And uh, then moving into um, 2009, I was able to bring my background as a mindfulness meditation teacher and my background and experience as a registered dietitian together in the most beautiful way with uh, being hired to be an instructor and a consultant in a mindful eating study in the San Francisco Bay Area, an NIH-funded study. So that kind of changed everything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's interesting how kind of one thing just rolled into another, into another, into another. Yes, yes, kind of seamlessly and opportunities arising and and then I found that I loved, I just loved this work. It was such a, a wonderful bringing together of my, you know, skills and talents and, and gifts and interests and then seeing how transforming it was for the people in the study, you know, this this approach. And so I began to focus, I had a, a small private practice and outside of Kaiser, and I began to focus more and more on on eating issues, mindful eating, helping people with their struggle with food, which really involves, uh, it does involve mind and body and, and emotions and, and so much more. It's not just, here, follow this diet. <laughs> um, so, and then my work just evolved over the last years. I became a teacher trainer in mindful eating, so training other professionals and working, uh, just having a really rich practice and finding that I needed to go beyond with my clients, beyond just that relationship with food, having that healthy relationship. Um, and, and actually, Denise, did you mention the name of the book? Yes. Okay, yes, you did. I did. Okay, because uh-huh. it's in there. Right. So beyond, in, in order to heal relationship with food, and it goes it really involves our whole self and our whole lives and and so i began to bring more and more into my coaching and looking at how do we have a nourished life and nourish our whole selves because a lot of times the overeating is i mean it's complex there can be many reasons but it can also be making up a lack for other parts of one's life knowing how to nourish, um, how to work with challenging and painful emotions and, and difficult thoughts. So there's, so I call that, you know, our emotional body, our psychological body, 
in my book, we, we talk about the eight bodies that need nourishment. And, and so anyway, that's how I kind of in a, in a nutshell, there were so many, you know, so many other in any, in any life path, so many other stops along the way, but um, just been really excited to bring out my first book in July and with a publisher who found me and just combining and, and being able to offer all these years of, of experience and, and wisdom and just helping transform other people's lives as well. Well, it's, so. inter- it's interesting how you've um, integrated psychology into your, your whole program. Yes, it's really an, an integral part of it. And, I mean, interesting that you say that, too, because um, I come from a family of therapists and psychologists. Oh, <laughs> All the women sake. in my family. So I grew up in this. <laughs> Reading books on our coffee room table as my mother went uh, back to school to be a therapist when um, I was in my teen years. So I got a great, uh, just kind of a very early introduction and then I actually worked in the psychiatry department at Kaiser in the behavioral and a, and a okay. behavioral medicine okay. department. So yeah, I, I knew I, it I had really, to come from somewhere because you didn't have the formal training in it. So I was trying to figure out, you know, where all this wisdom came from, and that's that's really fascinating. <laughs> and years of being a mindfulness teacher and practitioner, because you know there's this whole part of of mindfulness practice is it's informed by buddhist psychology really uh, really yeah tell us about that well it's a way of it's a whole philosophy and approach and way of working with with suffering so one of the the intentions and goals of it is how how do we reduce suffering in our lives and how do we how do we find peace and balance and in the midst of what we recognize as changing circumstances that nothing is permanent so there's that recognition as we begin to work you know with mindfulness and we begin to practice one of those first steps is beginning to start a formal practice of meditation getting to know our minds and see how impermanent everything is the feelings the thoughts that come and go, life circumstances, you know, so much of our suffering is trying to grab onto things and keep things the same or having expectations, but just that recognition that life is change. And then how do we meet each moment with with kindness, with clarity, with presence, and just be able to navigate, you know, what arises easily. easily. So, you know, with food, there there are so many, it can be such a loaded area and along with, so it's not just, oh, I'm eating my breakfast or what I'm going to choose for lunch, but a whole host of judgments and, you know, self-criticism and judgments of body, body image and not knowing what to choose to eat, maybe being so out of touch or dysregulated with their own bodies from dieting culture. Right? And you know, try this and try that and eat just this amount and losing touch with what's really happening. So so mindfulness offers a really a wonderful way to be in touch and tuned in to our bodies, to our emotions, to our thoughts. And 
make choices that are very that are based on our most caring intentions for ourselves and, you know, have tools to do so. So, yeah, there's ways to work with thoughts and feelings, and it's it's just such a vast and rich area. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, listeners, we're talking with Andrea Lieberstein, and she's the author of the best-selling book, Well-Nourished Mindful Practices to Heal Your Relationship to Food, Feed Your Whole Self, and End Overeating. So, when we talk about the well-nourished approach for mind eating and living, mm-hmm. basically, can we talk? You can talk about what's on your mind, I guess, relative to that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you've kind of given us a whole background on everything, but yeah, but truly, what is yeah. it? You know? Yeah. So that the well-nourished approach definitely integrates a lot of mindfulness. Um, approaches and philosophy and way of working, but it starts out with looking at our, you know, our relationship to food. Are we, uh, and this, it's a lot of inquiry in the book, self-reflection. So there's a lot of oh, questions okay. To, okay. to ask ourselves. Yeah. In, e- in each chapter to get a sense of what is our, you know, what is our relationship with food? And so what do you is have our... questions in there? Do you have questions do. in the book? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Chapter by yeah. chapter? Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. It's a workbook so it's almost style. Like a work, it's a workbook. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really a, a beautifully, it has some beautiful illustrations. And in fact, the publisher is known for their beautifully illustrated books. Um, they'd love me to put that plug in, but <laughs> it's true. Fairwinds Press who makes it lovely books. <laughs> but then the first thing when people pick up this book, they say, "Oh, it feels so good, the paper, and it's so beautiful." And I'm always thinking, "Well, the words, the words—that's what I spent you know, a year on." <laughs> but th- that's the first thing, <laughs> the first response. It is very beautifully laid out. And so the first part, part one, is just introducing to this idea of um, what is our relationship to food and are we turning to food to substitute for comfort or to to, to numb out, to not feel difficult yes, feelings? Yes, and yes. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it's stress. Chocolate. <laughs> 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 yes, <laughs> to so many degrees, you know that this is common for so many people, and then mm-hmm. then for others, it just gets really out of control, and there's True. kind of hidden episodes of overeating and and feeling mm-hmm. really bad about it emotionally mm-hmm. and a lot of shame and guilt and also not feeling well in the body so this um there's techniques in here, mindful eating techniques that are based on uh, evidence. And I don't know. I know all listeners aren't necessarily familiar with that term, evidence-based. But as health protect- mm-hmm. practitioners, we use that term all the time. But based on research and evidence, clinical evidence, these practices really help to uh, been shown to help to reduce overeating, to reduce binge eating significantly, to help people become uh, less fixated and obsessed and 
just have tools to really begin to enjoy food and putting it back in its place <laughs> where to be really a source of nourishment and joy and pleasure and not what, just something, yeah. What would be one of them? One of the tools? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of them is, well, there, there are so many, but one is first bringing awareness and looking what is what is our relationship to food and are we using it to substitute for other skills that we may not have or know because we aren't taught these things in school necessarily. How do we work with really challenging feelings or when we're stressed? So on the most basic level is we teach mindfulness meditation, a way to just begin to become aware of what's happening in the moment, bringing presence, bringing attention to the moment, by attention to the breath, to the body, taking a few deep relaxing breaths is helpful. And just that pause, that mindful pause, I call it a mindful check-in in my book, mindful pause, just taking that pause, getting out of automatic pilot, getting out of being really kind of pushed around in a sense by our, our thoughts and our feelings. We don't pause. We often have automatic reactions, right? We just reach for that donut that might be in the staff room or that hidden uh, chocolate bar and end so up eating the, more than we want. So there's that, it's that mindful yeah, So the pause. meditation part, so the meditation keeps you from getting that donut. It helps bring awareness to what's happening. It helps bring awareness to, oh, wow, I'm feeling stressed right now in my body. And, oh, I'm thinking about that deadline that I have, maybe that argument that, that uh, I just got into or um, whatever it might be, noticing what's present. And what happens so often is that we just tend to react when we're feeling uncomfortable without even noticing or looking into what's going on. And we might go to the, if it's food that we go to, we just might go to that, open up the refrigerator to feel better. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's binge watching <laughs> TV shows mm-hmm. or, you know, or drinking. But this is a tool first to bring awareness. And in my book, there are five steps to mindful eating and living. And so that first step is, awareness so it's it's answering questions getting familiar with what are our habits around food and these other areas of our lives and then this tool this mindful check-in this mindful pause can notice what's present what are we bringing to the table i talk a lot about that what are we bringing to the table and what is helpful what is informing our moment and what is not helpful? Can I let go of this thought and just see it simply as a thought right now? Or take a few breaths, offer noticing that I'm feeling stressed, take a few deep relaxing breaths, offer myself some kindness, some compassion. What do I really need right now? So then asking ourselves that question, what is it that I truly need? Am I really hungry? Am I physically hungry? Do I need this? this moment and what's nice about 
the mindful eating practices is that we're not doing a whole other set of rules like a diet, um, which so many people are, are used to going, trying this diet and then that diet. So it doesn't mean you can't ever eat or never eat. I should say when you're not hungry. It doesn't mean you can't ever have chocolate. But just, is this what I really want right now? Or is there something else? Maybe I need to be nourished in some other way. Maybe that would serve me better in my social body or in my emotional body. And the framework that I use is, as I said, the eight bodies. Or maybe with the mindful eating practices I've learned, I'm just, I am going to have that chocolate. But I'm just going to have a piece. I don't need the whole thing. I'm just going to really <laughs> save just now. Just have a piece. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Can I really savor it and enjoy it? So, mindfulness is a lot about becoming present. Mm-hmm. You know, really showing up fully to the moments of our life, so we can show up fully to those choice points, those many choice points that we have during the day. And around food, there was some research that showed that we probably have a, over two hundred choices during the day around food, food decisions, many that are below our awareness. We're not even conscious of them. So just bringing awareness to some of these decisions <laughs> when we are getting triggered, maybe externally mm. from food, yeah, can make well, you know, you a talk, big difference. You, you talk a lot about, you know, what are you truly hungry for? How do you mm-hmm. answer that question? Well, tuning, it varies. It depends. How does one answer that question in the moment? Checking in. And you can use the framework um, in the book, which is really helpful. And it's the way also that I work with many clients, and they found it find it really useful to go through, you know, knowing these eight different, realms or parts of ourselves, you know, as it social nourishment, am I really just wishing to connect with someone else right now or with myself? Maybe I just need to take a few breaths and come back to to myself, calm the mind. Mindfulness, by the way, doesn't mean a lot of people think that it means particularly the meditation, meditative part of mindfulness the formal practice of meditation, that it means that we make our thoughts go away. Well, we might end up with a more spacious and quieter mind. We might not be as reactive and disturbed by the thoughts, um, but but they do. We do. Thoughts come and go. They come and go. So in this more more spacious place of this mindful pause, this mindful check-in. Yeah, we can, we can, there's many ways. I mean, you might just know, just check in. Mm-hmm. Or you might go through these different bodies and, you know, what, what am I needing right now? Maybe I just need some emotional nourishment right now. And so there are so many different tools and practices that we can use based on mindfulness and cognitive behavioral approaches and uh, self-compassion, approaches we can use to nourish ourselves emotionally in the moment 
so we don't have to turn to food to fill that need. Um, it might be something, you know, bigger. There's other forms of nourishment that if we're overall feeding ourselves, and again, in the title, one of the the, uh, in the t- subtitle, one of the phrases is feeding our whole self. So if we're feeding ourselves creatively, spiritually, um, we're going to, in general, feel more fulfilled. So this overall sense of fulfillment with our lives. And again, we might not turn to food as quickly for fulfillment mm-hmm. if in general mm-hmm. we're feeling that sense of fulfillment. Yeah, so yeah, what you're really bringing to the table is the fact that um, as an individual, I gather that we need to become more centered, more in touch with ourselves um, relative to how we're feeling in the moment in mm-hmm. order to be more mindful relative to turning to food. Um, I don't know if, you know, planning out your food for the day is, is, a, is a good thing to do or not, because then you're kind of getting into the weight, um, weight management versus what our subject matter is. Am I right or wrong on that? Oh, it's a it's a great question, and you're you're sensitive to that. That mindful eating doesn't necessarily mean weight management at all, but it's conscious eating and, and eating in a way that often naturally people will come to a more balanced weight as they tune more in to their needs. But it and stop emotional eating or. Are greatly decrease emotional eating, stress-related eating, any of that. Um, but it also includes what we eat. You know, bringing awareness to how do we want to nourish ourselves. What is the best way of eating for me, given what I know about nutrition information the latest evidence-based approaches. And, you know, in my book, I do a little summary. We know that nutrition research, it changes, it flips. There's, but there, there is enough, we know enough that a whole foods, plant-based diet is really healthy. You know, one of the best ways to go for us. It doesn't mean you have to give up animal products at all, but overall in the balance. So just knowing your own preferences, how food, bringing mindfulness and awareness to notice how you feel with eating different types of foods, you can make your choices from an empowered place and not from a specific outside prescription, but what works for your body. Yeah. Well, you know, what's, what's really great about your book is that as we talked earlier, you know, there, there's a psychology involved. There's the spiritual part involved with every human being and Mm -hmm. if you can bring those together you become um, more grounded more conscious of what you're doing on a Mm day-to-day basis and of course nourishment and food is is a big part of our lives Um, Mm -hmm. so if you can pull up all that together 
you become a much healthier person mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Yes. And one thing kind of feeds on the other when we start to make better choices in one area, put our put our attention in, in any of these areas and start to be more fulfilled or nourished, kind of it flows over into the other areas and there's a lot of overlap too. Um, yeah, and one more thing about planning ahead, sure, you know, we, it can be very helpful to plan ahead because if we don't plan ahead what we're going to eat, the if we love to cook, maybe the delicious meals we're going to make and then the food ingredients we need to buy and planning ahead to get to the store to do that, then you end up like with an empty kitchen, right, or refrigerator and, ah, I'm starving, what am I going to eat now? And just eating whatever or going out to a meal when you didn't really want to eat out that night or, you know, buying something on the way home. So planning ahead is very helpful and very helpful in overall. It's really part of mindfulness. You know, what do you want Ah. your meals to look like? Mm -hmm. What do you want your meals to look like? And it's going to look different for each person. Some people like to make a... uh, plan ahead for a week. Some people like to have several trips over, you know, the week to the farmers market mm-hmm. or um some people just it's okay with them to to, de- to eat out more, but we can also mindfully eat out. And that's mm-hmm. I talk mm-hmm. about that in my book too. How do we do mindful restaurant eating? <laughs> oh, so, that's great. Yeah, so we can bring it into to all aspects. Yeah. Well, you've really covered the gamut in your book. You really have. You've done a fabulous job of that. Well, thank you so much. And it's been really fun to uh, use this. I find that I'm using it more and more in my own life as well. It's just a great framework. You know, when I finished the book, um, it was it's quite time intensive for, you know, any authors out there, you know, know that it. There's a lot of time, and when you're working with publishing companies, there's deadlines, and so certain areas of my life needed to go, and my, you know, my social nourishment, and just being spontaneous, being able to go to fun activities, and having full weekends planned, I wasn't <laughs> able to do that. <laughs> no, you weren't <laughs> for quite a while, and so yeah. I was really, yeah, and I'm so happy on this end of it <laughs> because <laughs> I consciously decided my social nourishment, my social body, I really going to put some attention there. And it's just, you know, really when we put attention on wherever we put our attention, energy flows and our our life can transform in that area. Mm-hmm. And so I put a lot of attention there and I'm just, you know, I'm having so much fun. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. You know, it's so great. You know, certainly reconnected big time with all my dear friends and many new oh. friends and, you know, great activities. And I also wanted to focus on my creative body more. That was one of my favorite chapters in the uh-huh. book. So much fun because so many of us have left our creative bodies behind, more doing, mm. expressing that more when we were children. <laughs> so, um, you know, then just bringing in more creative activities and then. Creative activities overlap often with the social nourishment, social body. A lot are done socially, not all. But so I'm trying to give a picture, right, of how they all overlap. 
mm-hmm. it's so much fun to think about and do this assessment. Well, what, where, what parts of my life am I missing right now that could use more nourishment and fulfillment? And so then in the book, I have lots of activities and ideas and suggestions and, and all formatted in, in uh, sound behavioral science. Like how do we make sustainable changes in our lives without getting overwhelmed and um, what, what really works? Because it's easy to get overwhelmed if we want to make changes. So, yeah, so it's been fun, and um, I love – really love bringing this work and teaching others. I I lead workshops in the well-nourished approach, mindful eating, and I and I work with clients and just so great to see those transformations happening. Well, you've been an absolute wealth of information about your book. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can buy it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you can buy it on Amazon. Just just uh, look for Well Nourished, Andrea Lieberstein. And um, you can also read about it. You can go to my website and get the oh, link there. What is the there. website? What's, what's the, the website? My website is your com. Isn't that a great title? Life. Thank you. Yeah, and and on my website, when you when you buy the book, you can go back, and uh, you can download worksheets. You can. There's some recordings on there, so there's some book tools that can help support your use of the book. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So that's available, and then. Uh, people can find out about my schedule if they're interested in learning in person or virtually, you know, how to getting the support to make these shifts in their lives. And then I also have a Facebook page called Your Well-Nourished Life. Well, thank you, Andrea Lieberstein. You've been absolutely delightful. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Denise. And I hope that you enjoy, really let yourself enjoy that piece of chocolate next time. <laughs> and uh, no doubt. We, no doubt. And when we that. turn our attention fully, um, it's, it's quite interesting what, what can happen. We've, we can find we become satisfied with much less. It's a little process to get there, but, uh, but rewarding. So thank you, Denise, so much for having me. It's been a a pleasure to be here. Thank you again. It was really a great interview. Great. Thank you so much. Um, Should we say the name? uh, Should we say the name of the full book? I know in a a lot of interviews at the end. Just in case. Um, Yeah, so Well-Nourished, Mindful Practices to Heal Your Relationship with Food, Feed Your Whole Self, and End Overeating. And then Andrea you can with me. Yeah. All right. Well, thank, thank you. you again. Take care. Thank you, Denise. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, listeners, that wraps up our show for today. A wonderful show at that. Please tune in again next Wednesday. We'll have another great, great guest for you, as always. We never disappoint. And until then, please be well. Bye-bye. 
We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? <laughs>